Now, Leon, I don't know if you're aware of this. We we follow Twitter mildly in the background, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the was it the competitor we say, the successor, was it called Blue Sky? Mm-hmm. Can't call it a tweet. So they have a different name for it. And it's a portmanteau of Sky and Tweet. You know what it's called? Skeet. A skeet. Get out. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of uh, our, our good friend, Mitch Hedberg, who said, I want to be the guy who names appliances. That's a refrigerator. <laughs> That's a toaster. That's just, you have to name what it does and then put er on the end. What's that? What's that do? Makes things fresh. That's a fresher. I'm going on break. Welcome to the Bottle of Brown podcast. I am your host, Danny Paul. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Joining me in the Bob Media Studios is the Baron of Bourbon, the Kaiser of Cali, the Liege Lord of Loathe, Leon Coventry, ladies and gentlemen. Danny, it's great to be back. Yeah. As you I know. Think, I think so. Uh, I don't I don't want to tease, but I have the loathe of all loathes today. Yeah. I have been furious. Well, well, we're... Curious. You up for it, so to speak. <laughs> so, if I keep drinking at the pace that I've been drinking already tonight, it's going to be a sloppy, loud loathe. Rock, paper, scissors joke. <laughs> All right, then uh, let's uh, let's bust into it. We have Mr. Jones having a little bit of audio trouble. He may or may not join us. Uh, but what is your brand for this evening, sir? Well, I know you and I talked about it, and we were supposed to go with. Uh, Ginny what? instead. What? But yeah, I screwed up. You're, excuse me. What month is it? Uh, I screwed up. But I told. I need this. I need this in my life right now. I went. <laughs> I went to Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel. Oh, that's a good one. Ninety-four proof. It's delicious. It's not gonna knock you on your ass, but it tastes amazing. And Elijah uh, Craig. Big fan. Is there an N somewhere on the front there? An N? Tell me, there's an N somewhere in there. Is there an N on that on that front label? In any of those letters that you see there, is there an N? No. Oh, why? Because you could have spelled gin and we could have faked it. <laughs> no, I'm like, I was really looking hard. I'm like, is there a secret? Oh. Elijah Craig, if you get an N on the bottle? So sad because it is Ginny June. Ginny! And I am drinking gin, as was discussed. I'm a lousy vice host. What gin are you drinking? Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel is a very fine selection, sir, I will say. And it's going to go hand in hand with your loathe later, which all you bobs out there should be getting really, really, really excited about. I am doing Mr. Reynolds aviation gin, but this is not just any old aviation gin. No, sir. This is the old Tom. Now, do you know what the old Tom is? I do not. It is matured in whiskey barrels. Well, get the fuck out of here. This is right here, a brown gin. Does it, uh, does it have a, a whiskey hint to it? I believe it does. Personally, well, we talked about it in the past. You, what, before I started drinking whiskey, I was a, a gin guy, and I drank the Bombay on the rocks, mm-hmm. or and and 
and I mean classic Bombay. I didn't I didn't roll over to the sapphire. I know the old classic Bombay. But this aviation gin, you know, it's not just marketing. It's not just Ryan Reynolds marketing. That's Ryan Reynolds brand, if I remember yes. that correctly. Yes. I want to sleep with uh, him and his wife for the record. Yeah, yeah. I think and I think, you know, Mrs. Danny's okay with that. Everyone, you're allowed to have one, right? We, you guys model, discuss we do model our marriage on theirs. So other than four okay. children and lots of money, we're doing great. Yeah, that, that's healthy. I think, <laughs> but I think that aviation gin, it doesn't have the pine taste other gins do. So no. it's got a very unique gin flavor. So everything Reynolds touches just turns to gold. He's He's definitely got... He's like, it's like Timberlake. I mean, I wanted to hate the guy. He's a good looking dude. He's hot. Wife's hot. I gotcha. I gotcha. I mean, he just, everything he does, I'm like, God, I want to hate you, but he bought his favorite golf course from growing up. He souped it up. He has, he hosts his own pro-am. It's crazy. Yep. He's coming up with a new uh, bedtime story show on Netflix. Oh, perfect. Bought a soccer team, has a marketing agency. Bought a phone company, bought a gin company. None of it makes any sense. And yet he does it with such a plum and no effort at all. Yeah, I just hate him. There's so many of these people out there that are just crushing it. Like when you look at people like Musk or Ryan Reynolds or anybody who's like even Shaq, you know, Shaq is in like 50 different business ventures. And he does a TNT show and he does, and he's a police officer. <laughs> it really makes you feel like a piece of shit. And I, <laughs> maybe we're I, not doing enough, Leon. <laughs> well, let me, let me keep drinking this and, and ponder why I can't achieve as much as I want to. Anyway, neither here nor there, as they say, now that we're done talking about Brown, let's uh, talk about Brown. How you doing? Whiskey and whiskey. This is the darkest Brown you got. Yeah. Say, Holmes, uh, where they hiding the scotch? What about, um, brown? That's code for bourbon. Great stuff, this bourbon. Comes from a land called Kentucky. Talk about brown. There's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch. Scotch? Oh, yes, I, I think so. Can I have one more of these with some booze in it, please? The nice talk about brown comes to us from goodmorningamerica.com. This one's dated June 2nd, 2023, so it's well within the month of Ginny June. It is Summer Cocktails of 2023, predicted by the bartenders who mix, shake, and serve them. Now, I like to do these, uh, what is the thing, what is the it of summer, Leon? If you recall, we had pickle-flavored hot sauce, and we had some other weird things in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. This one mm-hmm. made it to brown. So we're going to be talking about this for uh, for a few minutes here. The article Have begins, you started summer over there before we get going? It is officially monsoon season here in Phoenix, mm-hmm. which I think is the heralding of summer. We have... It has literally been gloomy and cold and damp and wet for like three months here. Got that classic June gloom. Yeah. And all the rain. So no fires for you. Until until it dries out and we're going to have an epic well, fire season. You should season, be stoked but, yeah. that Canada is carrying the weight of, of fire season this year with all the pictures of New York that look like Blade Runner. <laughs> you think with all the hosers up there, they'd have it out quicker. Yeah, eh? No point. In, no point in putting the hose out now, eh? <laughs> 
All right, I'm ready for some summer cocktail ideas. Check it out. The article begins, as we slowly melt into the summer months with warm breezes, picnics in the park, sidewalks, seating, happy hours, and ducking into the fresh chill of an oh, air-conditioned nice. bar, there's always one it drink of the season. It's mm-hmm. a clink above the rest. What do we think the drink of summer is going to be? And they give us a couple of different options here. We have three that we're going to talk about. Uh, they're interesting. Well, I should say one of them. One of them is not so interesting. And then, of course, we've got pictures of half-naked people because this is a, a morning show. Uh, let's mm-hmm. get into some of these choices. And you just just off the top of your head, Leon, just sound off. Espresso tonic takeover. Whoa. Whoa. So apparently Red Bull and vodka wasn't enough. We had to go <laughs> had to go a notch up and go espresso. What's, what's the booze in it? I'm uh, excited to hear this. An espresso tonic garnished with lemon and rosemary. Okay. Let's see here. While this Scandinavian origin coffee drink isn't necessarily new, it's been bubbling up in popularity recently from food and wine to TikTok, where the term has over 3.7 billion video views. Espresso and tonic, perfect sensation of bubbles and espresso. In the summer, customers prefer cold coffee, and this is a delicious, refreshing, low-calorie option. It's like enjoying a non-alcoholic version of an espresso martini or Aperol spritz. So this is a very I'm sorry. Back up. Did you just say non-alcoholic? Yeah, it's it's really okay. Not, pass. Uh, it's really hard not pass. Hard Don't pass. even bring that shit up. All right. Speaking of spritzes, limoncello spritz. Okay. Limoncello. That is sounds delicious already. I love limoncello. All right. Just in case your summer doesn't include sipping spritzes in Sorrento while frolicking along the Amalfi Coast. And it's vibrant yellow lemon trees and royal blue water. There's an easy way to get a taste of La Dolce Vita at home. So mm. this one here, creative director of Loverboy, which we're supposed to know what that is. Uh, actually, I do know what Loverboy is. What is Loverboy? Let me Talk to me. Loverboy is a drink um, that... Do you ever watch that Summer House show? Probably not. Clearly, I don't. Uh, I hope the Bobs don't hate me. I'm but, not uh, that target demographic. Yeah, Triple B's a big fan. Um and it's, it's just one of those, in. yeah, it's one of those Bravo shows where oh, they put Bravo. a bunch of really good, good looking people. They go into a house in the Hamptons or Long Island or, yeah, different, they go to different locations. There's nothing wrong with and they, you just follow shows. them for the summer and they just, you know, party and, you know, wish you could be them. So anyway, that's the guy who made Lover Boy. And uh, I didn't know how it was doing. So I know they, they sold it like hell on that show. What what is Loverboy? Is it a is it a clothing company? No, no, it's a drink. It's a oh, it's oh. the it's like a um it's an alcoholic drink. I want to say it's like iced tea based. It might be, wow. but it's uh it's I never had one. I don't think I've ever seen one over here. So it's a drink it's, brand. It's a drink brand. Okay, but they yeah, it's totally a pre mixed drink. Yeah, totally get it now. Okay, so that's why we have a creative director of Loverboy, a drink brand. Mm-hmm. All right, I get it. I get it. So anyway. This uh, creative director, as she calls herself, is sitting in a bikini sipping on this limoncello spritz. Now, I've had limoncello from real Italians, and it's fucking good. Okay. Anyways. Uh, oh, no, it is good. Limoncello spritz will be the drink of summer. Not only is it delicious, refreshing zest, it is literally mouthwateringly good. Oh, indeed. Okay. Uh, effervescent, sweet, and slightly sour. Why are spritzes so popular? Because they're light, they're refreshing, it's lower alcohol. Oh, killing me. But we needed an Aperol mm. replacement. Do you like Aperol? I don't know what the deal with Aperol is, but apparently it's, I don't either. It, it is clearly like not the drink of 2023. Yeah. It used anyway, to, Aperol Spritz used to be the drink. Uh, so. Yeah. Aperol Spritz is, that's clearly out. Uh, so let's see here. Oh yeah. Loverboy. Here we go. Is this it? Yep. That's it. That's the jam. All right. Loverboy Spritz. 
in a yellow pistol can. Very interesting. There you go. All right, here we go. Trendy summer cocktails to watch. Tequila and tropical fruit. Now we're getting somewhere. Yep. A summer drink must be refreshing, so I believe this year's It drink will include tequila and tropical flavors. Pineapple, mango, and coconut with a dash of spiciness like jalapenos. Now we're talking, baby. I agree. Tequila is on the rise. Tequila is taken over. Here is the Rosa cocktail made with tequila and prickly pear. Let's see here. The Rosa is a new tequila-based drink blended with prickly pear, a sugar rim garnished with a golden lollipop and a pineapple chip. And this comes to us from the Venetian. And of course, we land on Hmm. tried and true, the margarita. All day, every day. All day, every day. The drink for summer for us has to be the margarita. It's an age-old classic from the 1950s that has seen its fair share of summers and still comes out on top year in, year out. Yeah. The don't Rocco, overthink it, though. Yeah, don't, don't overthink, overthink it. it. Well, here we, here we go. Here's their overthinking it. The Rocco Margarita takes Blanco tequila and pairs it with Mandarin Napoleon liqueur, which is made from mm. mandarins and 10-year-old cognac in place of the commonly used triple sec to give the cocktail breadth, depth, and complexity. We then add fresh lime, honey, and a couple of dashes of grapefruit bitters. We shake this and serve it over a solid block of ice in a rocks glass garnished with a grapefruit slice and freshly grated cinnamon. Really, it looks fucking good to me. I think, I think I would drink it, but too fancy for me. Oh, and we got a recipe at the bottom. Awesome. Oh, there you go. Shake all ingredients over cubed ice, fine strain into a rocks glass lined with a grapefruit slice over a large ice cube, microplane cinnamon over the top of it yes, i'd like i'd like to throw one in there that i think is going to be the drink and i, is, I can't remember if you or summer. mr jones sent sent it to me and this is for the bobs out there that don't have fucking prickly pears and shit in your <laughs> in your uh refrigerator i don't know about you and i actually living in cactus world i could probably go get one uh, a lot of these drinks are made for people that can go uh, acquire unicorn tears quickly if they need them. I want things that you can get quickly in your own home. And that is the Corona Sunrise. Did you send me this? Somebody sent it to me. We did talk badass. about it. We did talk about it. You is, take, that the, uh, is that the video from today? I, it might be. The one it's with the half, IPA, IPA lot when I wear this that's shirt? That's him. Yeah. Oh, I love that shirt. It's so legit, right? It, it's half a Corona. You, you, it's gone, right? You just you just have half of a Corona in a bottle. And then you put in a shot of tequila, of your favorite tequila. Then you put in um, a little bit of orange juice and then a little splash of grenadine, mm-hmm. all in that half a Corona and amazing. Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. So I like it. And that's that's something people have in their house. And it is refreshing. And you don't have to dirty a glass. You could do it all in the bottle. All in the bottle. Yeah. Self-contained. You know what? I'm excited. So I think that out outweighs any of this Good Morning America bullshit. I can't yeah. trust this. They're Too not. Much. They're not trustworthy. News, news All they came source. up with was, Fake a, was news. a margarita. Yeah, bad form. Bad form on Danny. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to recurate the show. I'm gonna fire this intern, but not my lovely <laughs> assistant. For those of you paying attention at home. <laughs> All right, that's talking about Brown. Let's get to the crank file. I could look for something in the crank file. Crank file. Whatever. The next crank file comes to us from C N. And and this one, guys, is not a liberal bastion. It is Georgia. Georgia. Please wear clothes in your digital driver's license photo, Georgia officials urge. (laughs) Yes. Your driver's license is not the right place for a spicy selfie, according to Georgia officials. The Georgia Department of Driver Services took to Facebook Tuesday to remind drivers to keep their clothes on while taking photos for a digital driver's license or ID. 
Please take pictures with your clothes on when submitting them for your digital driver's license and IDs, wrote the department. Cheers to technology and keeping things classy, they added. Georgia residents can use a digital driver's license or ID in their Apple wallet on an iPhone or Apple Watch, according to the department's website. The digital IDs can speed up the process at select TSA checkpoints. The digital document does not serve as a replacement for a physical ID. Several people responded to the Facebook post asking if it was a joke or if it was really happening. The department responded with memes suggesting it was a real issue. The department did not immediately respond to a request for comment from CNN. Why is it a rule that driver's license photos have to be the worst photo you've ever taken of yourself? That's usually because the camera's shooting. Yeah, it's like they do it on purpose. They, it's like, what do you look like on your worst day with the worst lighting? You already had to sit in the DMV or BMV, depending on what part of the country you're in. And which is a miserable experience dealing with miserable people. Again, so add up all those things that you just to take those all in blocks. And I want you to stack those blocks, Leon. Mm -hmm. If you were getting blown, do you think you'd have Mm -hmm. a good driver's license photo? I would enjoy looking at it more. What if I'm just saying this? What if you went to a strip club to take your driver's license photo? Do you think I think the lighting would be bad? (laughs) I think the lighting would be bad. Uh, I'm just saying you're, you're detailing all of these horrible experiences. I don't want to be there. I hate this. I want to be anywhere else. Please stab me in the face. And then, oh yeah, a picture. Of course you're not going to have a happy picture. It's the DMV. It should be, that should be a, a filter on your phone called the DMV filter, which takes whatever you're doing and makes you worse. That's what it should be. It should be. If you have a smiley face, it's immediately sad. If you have a sad face, it immediately makes you look like, like it puts a gun in your mouth or something. I don't know. It just... The worst experiences, horrible. You know, actually, the when I went to go get my California ID, because, you know, I originally got my license here. Then I got one in Colorado. I got one in Ohio. I got one in Florida. Back to California. When I got my California one, I had bleach tips and puka shells on. And when I went up to, you know, I, and she's Classic. like, have you ever had a license here? And, and I'm like, yeah. And she pulls it up and she starts laughing and looking at me. And I was like, what are you laughing yeah, at? She's like, baby. she's like, puka shells. And I'm like, it was really popular at the time, bitch. <laughs> say, Listen, I give 10% of my salary to charity. I give 5% you know to destiny and a spattering of other strippers. No, I mean, I looked her dead in the eye and I said, make me an organ donor for everyone but you now. <laughs> you can't have You're my out. organs. No liver for you. <laughs> you get no pancreas. <laughs> If she can't breathe, no, give my love. <laughs> if you die, you die. All right. So let me explain. Let's explain too long. Let me sum up. In Georgia, you're allowed to take a digital photo of yourself for a digital ID, which goes on your Apple wallet for things like the airport. We talked about this a little bit before in a previous episode. Arizona is one of the pilot programs where you're allowed to have a digital version of your ID in your Apple wallet. And the whole idea is that you... You still need to have your regular real ID on you. But for some reason, this is just a way of giving it to somebody before they ask for your real ID. Anyway, they do Mm -hmm. it in Georgia and people in Georgia have been taking pictures naked. So I guess way to go, Georgia. Georgia wins. That's why Mm -hmm. they're on top of Florida. Georgia. Mm -hmm. Those Georgia peaches. Like Georgia's just riding Florida. Like watch, watch what we did here, Florida. (laughs) Gently, gently eating a peach for hours. All the way to the edge of the pan handle. All right, that wraps up the crank file. Let's get to some science technology space. Five, four, three, two, one. Science isn't about why, it's about why not. Science! 
technology. Yes, science. Technology. Space. Tonight's technology space comes to us from Euronews.com. Pigs may fly, but there are fears using their fat as plane fuel may hurt the environment. You heard this? This is the thing. Pig fat is being converted to biodiesel, which is being converted for planes. Mm. This one was updated at the mm. end of May 2023. It's You can tell it's European because they put the day first and then the month and then the year, which in my view is awesome, but it's still European. The article Europeans continues. Do, we need to go to the metric system too. They do a few things right. I think the Europeans are efficient in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But they need to Nearly 9,000 dead pigs would be needed for a flight from Paris to New York, the campaign group estimated. Good opener. Fat from dead pigs, chickens, and cattle are being used to make greener jet fuel, but there's a warning this approach could backfire and end up being worse for the planet. The Brussels-based Clean Transport Campaign Group, Transport and Environment, very original, has sounded the alarm in a new report. As airlines are under pressure to reduce their carbon emissions, which usually comes from burning fossil-based kerosene in aircraft engines, they're looking for alternative sources of fuel. As animal fat is viewed as waste, a byproduct of industrial meat production, aviation fuel made from it is considered to have a low carbon footprint. However, demand for fuel from this source is expected to triple by 2030, driven primarily by airlines. The problem is this animal fat is used in many other industries, such as pet food, soap, and cosmetics. Yet, as transport and environment write in their report, the availability of animal fats is limited, simply killing more animals is not an option. To entirely fuel a transatlantic flight between Paris and New York, 8,800 dead pigs would be needed each way, according to their calculations. Campaign Group also states there's already significant pressure on supplies of animal fat as its use in fuel has already grown 40-fold since 2006. One, did you guys know you could use pig fat to fly a plane? And two, if they have to kill all those animals, won't that drive down the price of bacon? Discuss. <laughs> Mr. Jones, oh, do you I, have an opinion? I mean, you might as well just bring back whaling and we can just take the whale blubber and fly on that. <laughs> I mean, that's all it really is. It's just finding alternative ways to burn shit. <laughs> no, I, mean, I do think the best way to save the planet is murder. So I'm for it. Let's murder yeah. as many can things. Can you unpack that? No, I, I, I get a little bit jumpy when i see figures like 8800 or 8800 was it is it 8800 is that what you said it before? seems to, well I'm, if you think about 8, it, it 8800 dead pigs would need be needed each way we're according their calculations to, yeah we're close to what a pig and a half a mile two pigs a mile it's just yeah, ridiculous seem like an efficient source of energy in all yes, honesty but it's low carbon but but also look at look at what's going on down in was it brazil and they're using biodiesel and they're kicking everybody's ass like if opec's gonna st- keep sticking it to everybody you got to do something to come up with another mm-hmm. source of fuel and uh i think this article is an age-old article which basically says anything, good thing or bad thing, too much of it, bad thing. Let's let's pick your article. It doesn't I like matter. It. I like you it. like you like you vegetarian? Too many vegetables could kill you. Are you uh, a vegan? Uh, do you like fresh air? Too much fresh air. Don't get enough. <laughs> don't get enough pesticides in your system. You Wasn't it you and Todd that said potatoes and bananas? Yeah, it's potatoes and bananas. You can eat those and live forever. No such thing as too much of. Yeah, but you don't know if you eat only potatoes and bananas, too much of them, what do you turn into? A monster. Because you hate everybody. You hate everyone. Your life sucks. A a potato or a bonato? (laughs) It's just, 
This is how they should. Everybody, was it Bill Ingvall who does that comedy where it's just like, if you take things too far, of course they don't make sense. It's like, does your child have a Barbie doll? Well, come back because this could cause a fire and kill your child. <laughs> and then it comes back. What if Barbie, the sparkling Barbie skates, skates through a pool of gasoline? Oh, <laughs> shit. What if Barbie had a hand grenade? Like what kind of what kind of analogy is that? Of course, it's a terrible idea. I think anything you just you could take anything and put it in an unreasonable circumstance and then say, "See, it's a bad thing." I think biodiesel, true waste, is a great way to offset things. All right, I do like that bacon. thought here, and we're gonna go ahead, jumps. No, I do like bacon. Now I'm gonna continue your thought here because we go on further in the article. It turns out pigs will fly. For years, we've been burning animal fats in cars without drivers knowing. Now they will be fueling your next flight. But that can't be sustained without depriving other sectors, which will in turn likely switch to damaging alternatives like palm oil. The report states other industries will resort to palm oil as it has similar properties to animal fats and is the cheapest option available. However, its rising use has been linked to increased emissions as older forests, which store vast amounts of carbon, are cleared for new plantations. Competing uses for animal fats lay bare the challenge of scaling up waste biofuel production. Animal fats don't grow on trees. Pet food suppliers, for example, will now have to reduce the sustainability of their products by using palm oil. And here's the thing with palm oil is you got to clear the plants to make it and you got to make new plants. So sacrifices must be made. So I thought green it was interesting. The only because, answer. Yeah, soil and green for sure. Soil and green in very specific countries. <laughs> All right, and all the science. bobs out there that are under the age of 30 have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Oh, if they don't know who Charlton Heston is, young bobs, go check out Charlton Heston. <laughs> that wraps up science, technology, space. Let's get to some adulting. How old are you guys? We're not fucking kids anymore. On a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your pain? Everything hurts. I'm a grown ass man, dog. I pay taxes here, fucker. We're not like you. We're grown up, motherfucker. With 900 years old, you reach. Look as good you or not. Hmm? This one has an audio component here because it's not actually a physical article. So I figured since the clip is only a minute 52, we've got some time. Okay. It is economically rational for women to try as hard as possible to be thin. And each of their activities not only keeps them fit, but provides... And that is a tragedy. This is the secret economics of thinness. Across the developed world, the richer people are, the thinner they tend to be. This relationship, though, is driven almost entirely by women. This chart shows the share of men and women in France that are classified as obese and their income levels. Obese women tend to earn far less than their thinner peers, but obese men and thin men tend to earn about the same. The same is true in America, and in South Korea, obese men tend to earn more than their thinner peers. But in each of these countries, richer women are much more likely to be thin than poorer ones. In fact, the correlation is so strong that for an obese woman of average height, losing 65 pounds could have the same impact on her wages as gaining a master's degree. Why is this? Traditionally, people have believed that poverty, which can make it difficult to access healthy foods or find time to exercise, can explain why in general, poor people are more likely to be obese. But those arguments should apply equally to both men and women, and they don't. So perhaps the causality runs the other way. It is being thin that helps women to become rich. In many ways, thinness is an economic pursuit. 
think of the time and money that women invest in trying to eat healthily or attending exercise classes. And while social attitudes towards weight may have shifted in recent decades, the economic reality so far has not. I see Bob's out there wondering why that chick had an accent. It's because she is British. This one comes from The Economist. This one is dated June 2nd. And there's a little small blurb here. For an obese woman, losing weight could boost her salary by as much as obtaining a master's degree. 65 pounds, if you recall from the video. Across the developed world, the rich people are, the thinner they tend to be. But the correlation between wealth and weight in advanced countries holds only women. You're a man, you can be fat as you want. Alice Fullwood, the economist's Wall Street correspondent, reveals the secret economics of thinness. We always used to joke about this, right? Like some of the girls had stickers that said no fat dudes and we had stickers that say no fat chicks, scratch my rims. But there is a thing, right? Attractive people get out of tickets, attractive people make it farther. Is this another news, water wet, or is this a serious thing? Now bear in mind, three dudes talking about this, but I think this is useful for the lady bobs out there because 65 pounds equals a master's degree. You know what master's degrees are going for right now? Five figures minimum. I think my tongue is bleeding because I've been biting it so hard. <laughs> um, this one's too dangerous for Leon? It's not too dangerous. This category lights me up too. Somehow, and, and here, I'm going to open with this. I feel that I'm very happy from society, from a mental health awareness standpoint, that we have kind of made it taboo to shame people. Seems like mostly women. Seems like that's the drive. Maybe I'm, maybe I feel that way just because men don't seem to care as much if you call us fat. I don't know. At least the ones I'm around. I'm just going off a of personal experience here. But, you know, you got the Lizzo's out there. And for a little while, it was, um, Oh God, what's the blonde singer from yeah. England? Rebel and then she Wilson? lost all the You've weight. Adele. Rebel Wilson, yeah. Adele, oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, there was this yeah. big movement from a mental health standpoint to love your body, love who you are. And I'm okay with that. I think you should. I think that if you make a decision, and it is a decision in most cases, a lot of times when the arguments come out, it's like, what about people who have a thyroid condition? Okay, let's just take those 3% and move them to the left and say, we're all cool with that. Let's go with the rest, though. If you're making a conscious decision that you want to be a heavier person, great. And you want the mental capacity to back that up, great. But I'm very upset lately because the mental health has somehow crossed over into the physical health side to say it's healthy to be fat. And let me tell you, it isn't. There's no science backing telling you that. As a matter of fact, if you're a science person and you believe in health and science, then you will also understand that fat is not healthy. It isn't. The people that died of COVID most of the time, overweight. You have multiple diseases directly associated. You have diabetes. You have heart disease. Your body can't function as it's supposed to when it's out of the weight it intends to be, period. So do I, am I happy that there's another initiative that encourages healthier weights? And maybe that means you don't have to have a master's degree. Great. It's a social unwritten rule. And, you know, you see, you see this everywhere. 
where people feel like they have to not comment on it because that's the social norm that we're at. To me, it's the last bastion I'm allowed to make fun of because it was a choice, except for the 3% we talked about. So I'm going to continue to make fun of fat people. I am one, by the way. So apparently that's cool. Pointing to science. You are one, you get to make fun of them. But uh, I also know I am one because I eat like shit. I don't exercise enough. It's a conscious decision I've made. So if anyone wants to rip on me for being fat, I'm like, (laughs) you nailed it. I need to get off my fat (laughs) ass. Thank you for the extra incentive. I'd like to add a caveat here that we're talking about a body mass index of 30 and above. And for those of you that aren't aware of what a body mass index is, it's a weight to height ratio calculated by dividing one's weight in kilograms by the square of one's height in meters. And it's used as an indicator of obesity and underweight. So I have dad bod, according to Mrs. Danny Paul, and I am one pound under obesity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I have I'm, kind of I'm a, obese. I have a stockier build. Yeah. So there, here's the thing is that obesity is, if you, if you look at what the numbers suggest, it's very, very difficult to not be obese at least in our country. And so most of these are Western countries is what they're basically saying. But the idea is to just talk about your body mass index. So how fat are you really means what is your body mass index? So if you're very tall, if you're like 6'5 and you weigh a lot, doesn't matter. If you're really short and you weigh a lot, does matter. So take your body mass index into account. What I remember, <clears throat> anecdotally speaking, is I'm thinking back now to late high school or early post high school. We were hanging out with a couple of athletic girls. And at one point, this girl who must've been 5'11", it came out like, how much do you weigh? She's like, I weigh 145. And we're like, whoa. But she looked good. She was a gymnast. She was all muscle. Mm-hmm. So yes, 145 is up there for a lady, but she was tall. She was thin. She looked fine. So make sure you don't take objective weight into account. We're talking about the body mass index here. With that being said, if you're short and you weigh a lot, got to get to work. As well as if you're tall. That you know it. Everyone needs to work out. I think it, your point though is that it's really hard to be under obese in this country. I mean, just given all the stresses out there and everything going on. So you know, be you, boo. Yeah. That's all I got to say. No, I think I think we've become complacent with it. Yeah, and that's the problem. And we've even now reinforced it. We've even celebrated it. And I don't think that's the right direction from a health perspective. From a mental health perspective, I back it. But I from from a physical health standpoint, which, it's you know, you, there's just, it's just not healthy. It just isn't. It just fucking isn't. So for us to con- constantly pat each other on the back and high five each other for being proud and, you know, beautiful and brave. And at the end of the day, you are not. Uh, I, I guess I'm just going to be an asshole for the rest of my life because I can't leave it alone. If I see a boom baba boom baba coming down the street. I'm going to say something. I just, I can't miss it. I, I, I have to bite my lip and it's, you can't make fun of anything anymore because most of them are not choices. And I know I have to put this carrot every time I say it. Some people don't choose to be overweight. Got it. Check. I'm leaving them out, but let's be honest with ourselves. It's got to be less than 3%. People Everybody else, everybody else is just not eating right 
or exercising enough. That's it. That's it. And you're making decisions. You're making decisions, whether or not you think you are or not, to put yourself and your body in an unhealthy state. And then you want to condemn people when they call it out. So the si- you always say in business, it's not the people that complain you need to worry about. It's the people that don't, because those are the people that just silently walk away with their money. So this study isn't evident of that. You obviously can't outwardly complain, but people that are obese and beyond, they have more health issues. They do. It's, it's a fact. Well, the best thing we do with an article like this is we take it away from being a moral issue because while we touch on moral issues here at the Bottle of Brown podcast, we're more economically focused. If you get thinner, you will make more money. That is what the data shows. Mm -hmm. So for those of you out there that are struggling with your concept of weight or whether or not you think you should be skinnier, it's not about you in the mirror. It's about you and your paycheck. So based on the Western economies who are currently the bobs among you, I don't have any stats that say the emerging economies are listening to this podcast. If we do any get emerging bobs, I'm very curious to know who you are. But from what I understand, those of you that are following this show and listening to us, you are of the Western richer economies. And if you want to make money, lose weight. That is what the science dictates. Just be a healthy weight. Just be a healthy weight. Just be a healthy weight. That's it. 65 pounds is a master's degree. With the way higher education rates are going these days, lose the weight. Touchy subject, but yeah. Anyway, that wraps up adulting. Let's close out with some happy times. Uh, I want to break in here before I get into happy times just so you guys know that over the past four years, Spotify has announced a succession of splashy deals showing off how much money it's willing to spend to become a dominant player in the burgeoning podcast industry. Altogether, the music streaming service invested more than a billion dollars in podcasting. Not ours. And guess what? Yet. The next era for Spotify's podcasting unit will put a stronger emphasis on providing tools to people who produce podcasts and then on making money from advertising. You could have just signed the bottle of brown, boys. It's simple. (laughs) Just tell you, poor decisions. Poor decisions have consequences. Give me some good news, Danny. Something happy. Tonight's Happy Times comes from Neiman Lab. Dot org, which is an odd source, but I really loved the content of the article. The article dated May 23rd, 2023 is seeing stories of kindness may counteract the negative effects of consuming bad news. This shows us there's something unique about kindness, which may buffer the effects of negative news on our mental health. The author explains how bad news can harm our mental health by triggering an evolutionary surveillance mode and causing symptoms of depression, anxiety, hopelessness, and worry. However, the benefits of positive news, the author reports a study that shows how watching news stories featuring acts of kindness can counteract the ill effects of negative news by uplifting our mood and enhancing our belief in the goodness of humanity. The author suggests more possible reasons for why kindness may buffer the effects of negative news, such as reminding us of our connection with others, providing relief to the pain we experience when we see others suffering, and triggering, quote, elevation, unquote, a positive and uplifting feeling. The implications for this news coverage, the author argues that including more kindness-based content in news coverage could prevent mean world syndrome where people believe the world is more dangerous than it actually is and encourage people to do good things 
The author also cites some research that supports the personal and social benefits of showing positive news. Now, I wondered about this because over the course of this show, it was birthed in the pandemic, which everybody was in an epidemic of loneliness. And we've talked about ragement, engagement, the effects of social media. And then we turn around and we look at something like Ted Lasso, which is a show that we may never, ever see again, up to the point where we were given Leon a segment of which he just gave a very good one, probably his best. And then when we entered season three of the pod, we said, we need something more positive, which gave birth to the Happy Times segment. And I think similar to what we talked about before in the science technology space segment is you need to have balance. And so while we can have something, you don't want to have too much of it. So I think what this study says, which I think is very good, it's found that looking at positive news stories, specifically videos and articles featuring acts of kindness, can actually counteract the ill effects of seeing negative news stories. Now, not all news is the same, but if you have a local news station that gives you the, if it bleeds, it leads, if it weeps, it keeps, if it's ragement equals engagement, but then it closes with what we refer to in the industry as a human interest story. Here's what went right. That's the way it should be done. And we practice what we preach here at the Bottle of Brown podcast. That's why we ended with the happy times segment. Because we want you to know that as much as we bring to you that pisses the shit out of you, it's important to end on a high note. And I think that's what we do here. Thoughts on that, boys? I think you nailed it. I think we, so many things go well in life and they're so easy to overlook, right? I look at, I look at my day to day and there's a lot of frustrating things that happened, but if I was to pick myself up and drop myself in the middle of Nigeria today, how bad was my day really? Right? Like perspective is amazing. And there are people doing wonderful things that doesn't sell or make clicks happen. And I do in the cockles even the subcockles of my heart believe that people are kind and there's a lot of kindness that happens out there. And I'm really happy that we made the move in Bottle of Brown to end on a positive note because there is so much positive things happening when people are telling us to hate each other for stupid reasons that we didn't actually cause this fight. You talk left and right. Yes, there's extremes on both sides, black and white, extremes on both sides. I mean, we all agree that soccer sucks, right? But, you know, there's a lot of sports that hey, are good. Hey, 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 I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm now. just kidding. Come on. All now. sports are good. I think... Golf is boring. Come on. We all know There that. it is. There it is. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. I think there's so much good happening. So much good. And I would say majority is good. But it's so easy to overlook because... Bad sells, bad gets looks, bad gets clicks, and it's it's the environment we live in. So we got to close with, close with good because I do think inherently people are good. So Dang. No, I mean, I think it's always easier in our day, and I definitely have gone through it in the last few weeks, that the frustration in your day-to-day is the easy things to point out, but it's hard to find sometimes the good things that happen and to point at them and to be uplifting. And so having a smile, just remember, hey, look, man, this is just a period of time. It'll be over in a heartbeat and we'll move on to something else. The next headline's right around the corner. Never getting sucked in too far and overall, just kind of looking at the outlook that the sun will rise tomorrow and a new day will be upon us and we get to make it whatever we want. And so it's always that positivity that you can have. And so ending on a good note or ending in a positive feeling after a long day, is always what's most important because this is not forever. 
and you're your own destiny and you get to choose which path you want to be on. So my only point would be that, you know, look at, look at the bright side at the end of the day and don't look at all the, the other stuff, the frustration stuff that's out there. Cause God knows it's what sells and it's what attracts you and you want to know more just so you can add to the conversation. But the real important thing is making sure your own mental health is actually strong and healthy. So keep, keep, keep at that part and then you'll be just fine. Let's close this one out. There are many reasons why kindness may have this protective effect on our mood. First, it's valued universally. Seeing acts of kindness may remind us of our connection with others through shared values. It may also help us maintain the belief that the world and people in it are good, which is important for our well-being. Similarly, other research has found that even when children had not caused or were not connected to the suffering of another person, they experienced a reduction in physiological stress simply by seeing the hurt person being helped. Seeing others being helped is the resolution to seeing them hurt, so-called catastrophe compassion, quote-unquote, whereby positive behavior prevails despite negative circumstances, provides relief to the pain we experience when we see others suffering. Or, as one of our participants explained, knowing that there are a lot of people that are genuinely willing to help those affected by this attack somehow gives me relief. That's a direct quote from a disaster scenario. Fourth, countless research has shown that witnessing others' acts of moral beauty, such as kindness or heroism, triggers elevation, quote-unquote, a positive and uplifting feeling which experts theorize acts as an emotional reset button, replacing feelings of cynicism with hope, love, and optimism. It'll be important for future research to investigate which specific reasons explain why kindness has the protective effect that our research has demonstrated. I'm reminded of... Mr. Rogers, rest in peace, he always said, look for the helpers. Whenever there's a disaster, there's always somebody running towards it. Most popularly, it was 9-11, but think of any other disaster. There's always going to be somebody running towards it. The other quote that I'm reminded of is that greatness is in the service of others. And so modern management theory, parenthood, a lot of the things that we cover on this pod is when you can make somebody better, you make yourself better. And that's where I'd like to leave it for tonight. That wraps up Happy Times. That is our show. You can email us at bottleofbrown at gmail.com. Give us a call at 602-529-4562. Leave a message for Danny, Leon, the Midge, or Mr. Jones, or any of our special guests. We want to hear from you. Give us ideas for content or refute anything we say on the show. If you like the show, please like, follow, subscribe, share with a friend. The more positive reviews we get, the more people see our show in their feed. We are on Apple, Spotify, lots and lots of places, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Share a quiet drink with us. Next episode, same brown time, same brown channel, bottleofbrown.com. This place is dead anyway, man.